private practice playbook. Playbook. It's a private practice playbook. Playbook. All right, welcome to the Private Practice Playbook Podcast, and that is a mouthful. I am Jay Geyer, glad to have you on. I have a very special guest today that I'm excited. I'm going to get a chance to interview and just talk a little bit about their dental story and the process of uh, what we all do. Remember, this this podcast is designed for people who are mostly doctors, uh, sometimes some team members, family members trying to support people. And, you know, it's this big question of can you succeed in private practice? And the answer is definitively, absolutely. And is there an opportunity for you to not, you know, follow in the through this consolidation, end up working for someone else, and and is there this is is it is the dream still alive? Can you own a private practice, and can it provide everything that you need, and will this be a better path? And remembering that there will be challenges, because a reminder that when a doctor goes to school to become a doctor, they don't go to school to become a business person. They go to school to become a doctor. And then part of owning a practice is, is that you have to do the craft of whatever it is you do from a clinical perspective and be good clinically. And then as you want to scale it, you would have to become good on the business side. So just a reminder, that's the purpose of this podcast. And we're always talking about those things. So uh, all right, so let me introduce my uh, guest, uh, Dr. Jonathan Soisman. So great to have you on. So we've got you you up and rolling. So um, gosh, let's sort of go back, and, and I'll let you do a little bit of the introduction, but I will tell you that uh, you know Jonathan has been married uh, for a long time. He has uh, four kids, uh, so he is like all of us. That That's a lot, right? He's got some a cute, a really great little family. I've had the opportunity to uh, spend some time with his wife at some events and various things, and and see his kids. I know a couple of kids have come to the teen events. He, he, he some of his kids. Uh, I guess it was probably was it Thomas that was the first one who. Right. Yeah, we we do a teen event every year for our clients, and and John and Jonathan calls me and says, "Hey, listen," or, or somebody says, "Like, hey, can Thomas come? I know he's not the age, but and 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 he comes in. I wish I had a picture of him. He comes in all dressed up, and he's got a suit on. He and I think he won like the sharp sharpest dressed guy at the teen event. So, anyways, great to have you on. Great to be here. So you were telling me before we got started that you were out catching some fish this morning. That's pretty cool. In Maryland, the perch are running right now. The white perch. So yeah, nice white perch. All right, can you eat those or what? Yes, or yeah, you... it's a good tasting. Okay, small fish. It's good. All right, very nice. So okay, so let's. Uh, uh, you know, I, I know that when you know sometimes when you're talking about your life, uh, you know, it's hard to always you know give. But I think the origin story is really important. So, can we talk about your origin story? I mean, I, look, I know I've been working with you since 2015. I guess right is when you joined mm-hmm. SI. Correct. Right. Um, so you'll be nine years into coaching, which is pretty impressive, right? Great. I actually, I joined, I signed up with SI. I had a contract on the practice that I now own. Uh, I had listened to a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of the practice building CDs online. Yeah. And um, I got a hold of a financial freedom DVD. Uh-huh. And my wife and I listened to that together. Like she did it in her car on the way to work yeah. and so forth. And I did it on my own. And uh, so, so I knew, I knew the things I was learning 
that I that I was learning was special, and so um, I wanted to continue that. So I actually signed up with Five X. I was all in, so I signed up with the highest level of engagement yeah. right out of the gate before the execution of the contract for the the practice that I I bought. Oh wow, that's kind of wild. So. <laughs> so so did the uh, so are you saying that the information around handling finances and what that meant was just something that kind of caught and felt and resonated with you? Is that? Absolutely. I mean, it was, yeah, it was all of the information around understanding money, understanding the messages about generosity. Um, yeah, it just, it just, uh, completely, uh, realigned everything I knew with some clarity and, um, yeah. And so I was in. That's interesting. I'm always curious, you know, I think people, you know, they talk a lot about right dentistry, but I don't think people talk a lot about the financial side, do they? Yeah. Money's, I guess it's something that's really not discussed at home. You know, parents don't typically talk about that with their kids, like sex and money are the two topics no one talks about. Yeah. But uh, in terms of in terms of debt, I mean, so, you know, I was coming out of dental school when I first met you and uh, my wife has a degree in accounting. And so she had some college debt. I had some college debt and we had just bought our first house. And so, I mean, I was close to a million dollars in debt. So that's it's not really something you want to talk about. That interesting. A million dollars in debt isn't a fun conversation. It wasn't. Actually, it wasn't a fun conversation. Debt wasn't a fun conversation back then. Now it's a fun conversation. Yeah. Because we we understand the four categories of debt. And so we know what debt is the good debt. So thinking about that, don't you think there's a lot of people who um, I even had a, a client the other day come through and, you know, it's like life is great. Everything's great. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, but they owe over $5 million. And it's almost kind of like they were just rolling through life pretending they didn't owe the money. Do you think that happens with a lot of doctors? <laughs> I think it happens with a lot of people. Yeah, yes, right, it happens right. with a lot of doctors. Yeah. yeah. So I love that, Absolutely. though. I love that because I certainly have a lot of fun having. So I think for everyone listening, you know, remembering that money uh, debt and money are the same thing, right? I mean, they're not, you know, obviously they're very different. You know, we think of money being like you having money in the bank, but debt is a financial issue and money is required to pay it off. So that's a, that's a great reminder. So you're, 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 you got some debt, you're buying your first house, you're, you're buying your first, you have a practice under contract and you sign up for 5X, which is... Well, like actually, a, yeah. And, and my wife, we were pregnant with our third child, William. <laughs> so, and I was out of work for about a month. So I, I didn't have a job. Yeah. We had the, 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 the looming debt. And I was about to buy this big practice. I knew, I knew some things. Actually, I, I knew quite a bit um, from what I'd learned from you before I bought the practice. And you, and you, you were an associate in a practice of someone who was using me, weren't you? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and how long were you at that practice? Um, I'd say about a year and a half. Okay, good. So you yeah. got, I'm assuming that's where you got some first exposure to me and our work and right through that. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's kind of go back to your origin story, okay? 
So mm-hmm. where'd you go to school? Walk, I mean, what, well, first of all, let's back up. What was the decision to become a dentist? What was the catalyst to, to do that? So, so I studied music at a high school mm-hmm. and, um, the, so music is, is, is very important to me, you know, the ability to impact others. And I grew up in sort of a blue collar, uh, blue collar family. Um, my dad was a very hard worker, worked for Verizon, was a cable splicer. And, you know, I mean, he crushed 80 hours a week and mm. I saw that all the time. I'd, and so I just, I, I, I enjoy, so not, I had, uh, grown up in a church. We had, I'd gone on some mission trips and got to see, you know, the world just a little bit hmm. and just kind of fell in love with people. And, you know, with the music, there was an ability to impact. But, you know, there's not a whole lot of musicians. I mean, the, the life of a musician is not that great. And sometimes they're struggling with some money. So I realized that there had to be a better way. I had small exposure to dentistry working for a guy in my junior year of high school that fixed dental equipment. And I was like, man, there is not... I haven't seen a poor dentist. They all have good-looking cars, uh, good-looking staff. People seem happy. Not interesting. Yeah, and so, so I thought, you know, this, you know, I could just put my head down, and this could be a life changer for my family. And I didn't have kids at the time, but I figured if I did have kids, I could learn some knowledge that you know wasn't passed on to me that I might be able to pass on to my family. So what, so, I didn't realize you, so are you, could you sing or was it instruments? What was the musical? Yeah, I mean, a guitar, sing, okay. saxophone. Right. My so I studied saxophone yeah. in school, but guitar and voice were, you know, the main thing. Man, I'm going to, I'm going to need to throw you the microphone someday and just let you sing. I mean, bust out. Yeah, I hear you. A, a, a Soisman presentation. Come on, man. I, hey, man. I need. I need. I don't to, know if that goes. With, that's that's not in the CEO list of characteristics. Uh, but, come uh, on, man. That's good. I, well, I that's interesting. All right. So you okay? That's so cool. So you literally. So your dad was just a machine. So obviously he kind of got right. you that work ethic, right? I, I see that in you. You're kind of like put the head down, bang it out, right? Which is awesome. And then you end up with a job and you <laughs> fixing dental equipment and just observing like the car. I love that. That's so, I have so many, so many things in like my youth. It was just the image, right? Of like, you go, wow, this guy, he's got people and he's got his name on the building. And, and little did you know that there was so much more to it, right? <laughs> it all looks I, so I good. You, there, there was another cool thing. I dated this girl. Her father was an orthopedic surgeon and uh-huh. he took me, he took me up to his, his office in his house. So that was kind of cool, right? The office in the house. Yeah. I've never seen that before. And he showed me a bonus check. This was, this is probably 25 years. This was probably, yeah, 25 years ago. Showed me a bonus check of like $35,000. And I was like, man, I'd never seen over $500 on a paycheck. My goodness. That is so And, good. you know, you see, you get these little <clears throat> things in life and you're like, what was that? Yeah. And. You know, so, so you're, you're, that's so great. He takes you up. Come here, son. Let me show you how much money I'm making. <laughs> that's that's great. what I'm looking I, you know what? I, and I, it's funny. I, I just think back about all the years when, and you'll see this as you're, as kids come through your house, right? And you'll want them to be like, hey, you know, it's funny as they get older, you know, I think for, I think there were times when people would come through my house uh, and my kids were like, Oh, you don't want to, you don't want to talk to my dad. Like he's scary, you know? <laughs> and then, and then as they've gotten older, the, the kids are like, you can tell now my kids like, come on, you're getting a free coaching session. Come on, let's go. You know, like, like they, they want to sit and have that conversation with you, you know? So that's really yeah. awesome that he did that. 
So, okay. So what happens then? So you, you, what you find a school, where do you go? Like, how do you, what do you do? So, so, so it was really cool. So this is, this is a testament of faith, but, uh, you know, so I literally very unconventional, you know, I was, uh, building guitars for Paul Reed Smith. I saw, I got out of the music program, building guitars for Paul Reed Smith guitars. And I, uh, decided it was going to be dental school. No backup plan. So I literally took a day off. I drove my truck to the dental school downtown Baltimore and put my four ways on, went into the building and asked to see the director of admissions. And I just figured, look, I want the answer from the source, like the director wow. of admissions is yeah. the one that's going to say yes. So that's who I'm going to go to with questions. And you know, the security guard was kind of weirded out. And then this student out of nowhere came, got a hold of me, asked me what I wanted, took me upstairs. And the the secretary said, you know, this is you don't have an appointment. This is kind of unconventional. But she said, sit down. And it just so happened that the director of admissions had a cancellation. And so I was able to go back and she was like, what the heck are you doing? You know, and this kind of thing. But then she was like, this is exactly what you need to do. And she kind of put a map for me. I went, took two and a half years, got it done. And then two and a half, three years later, she accepted me into the program. So Wow. I love it. Isn't yeah. that, isn't, so, isn't that funny? God forbid anyone actually just walk in and ask how to do it. Right. And that, <laughs> it's right. like such an interesting concept of like, yeah, don't, don't bother me. Right. I love yeah, it. Yeah, no, I didn't get that. It was, it was really, no, cool. I know that they took care of you, but still the fact they thought it was so abnormal, you'd, you'd think more people would that do would it that way. Nice. Right. But they don't. Yeah. I love it. So when you went in there, then you weren't discouraged. You were just like, okay, I'm going to, put my head down, do it. And when you, so when you came out of school, how much, approximately how much debt were you sitting on? And so how so old when I were came, you? Go ahead. And how old? How old were you? Okay. So I finished dental school at age 31. Mm -hmm. So I started at 27. Um, I had $267,000 in debt and only 10,000 of that was from undergrad. So I, I sort of worked my way through undergrad. Yeah. And then uh, my wife had about 110,000. So okay. we were married, so that was my debt. So, um, so yeah, so, so you know. A little under 370,000. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then we bought the house for another two, 260. And so, so that's, that's about where we were. Okay. So, um, and so you you become an associate for a little over a year. Um, I mean, that's not a long time. What was uh, I mean? What did you know that you like? Tell me about starting your own practice. Like, what was the? Did you always know you were going to do that? Did you? We weren't sure. What was the? Right when you what was your, when you came out? What was your expectation of what was going to happen? Right. So, so my expectation was that I was going to always own a practice and I wanted to motivate a team and I wanted to encourage people to become better versions of themselves. But knowing what I know now, I think my knowledge was probably in the negative. I mean, I've learned so much, yeah. but I always knew that I wanted to have a practice. I always knew that I wanted to, to use the assets of that practice to, 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 uh, inspire a community to inspire the community that, that I grew up in and to, to just support, you know, all the good things that happen in a community and try to, uh, to, to make it better. So, so yeah, I definitely knew coming out, 
you know, and I used to dream about like different names, but, but I just, I, you know, sometimes you kind of know where you want to go, but mapping it all out and knowing all the little things in between, it's, it's, mm. uh, you know, it's overwhelming and, and it's challenging. Well, I, and, and, you know, I think it's interesting. I mean, the fact that, so were you like, uh, did you play sports when you were younger? Was that something was coaching yeah, something was being coached something that you had some, uh, I mean, I think I've, I've noticed a lot of people that if they were coached as when they were young, they, they, they understand the value of that relationship. I mean, do you think there was some of that there for you? Like, well, there's, there's no doubt about it. Um, I mean, I, you know, even though I was in a sort of a blue collared family, you know, my parents made sure that I was exposed to as much as possible. I mean, I had horseback riding lessons. Right. I did, uh, it was short lived, but I got exposure to that. Yeah. I mean, I did baseball, uh, soccer, you know, I did all right. the sports. So, um, but don't you think growing up with coaches in your life, I think it's something that a lot of people, when they become a professional, they think it's, I'm always, you know, you know, they say that under 10%, and it's probably closer to 5% of any profession is getting coached, right? So it's sort of interesting that you grow up being coached. And then when you go into college, that sort of goes away. And then all of a sudden you come out. I mean, it's interesting how fast you got back into it, which I think is, which I think is great. Um, and a lot of people are thinking, oh, you know, I'm, 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 I don't need that or, right, sort of fast. You know, it's kind of funny. I, I want to share this right yeah. now. So I was class president in dental school. Mm. So I did that first and second year, I think in third year. And then we had the baby and I ended up piloting a program that we came up with. I'd finished my dental requirements my my uh, first clinical year, so my junior year. So then senior year, anyway, senior year, I moved into the postgrad clinic. Um, and I came up with this like cool plan about how the dental school could make more money if they just taught students a little bit better way of doing dentistry rather than coming in and doing a sil single filling. But they ended up doing some of that and I got to participate. But um, in in dental school, I set up, I knew I didn't know anything about dentistry in terms of business. And so I had, I had uh, different consultants come in and meet with our class, you know, and it was like at lunchtime. So maybe 20 out of 130 mm -hmm. kids showed up. And there was one uh, out of all of those clients, there was one that kind of resonated. And that was Paragon. I forget the guy's name. But um, you, you interviewed him at one of the yeah. practice building CDs. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you. And so and it was good. There wasn't anything wrong. There were some numbers and there were some cool concepts. But, you know, when I when I sat down and started listening to the practice building CDs, I, there was just there was just this material, this this well of knowledge that just resonated on so many different levels with my faith. And so you start listening to the CDs. How'd you get a copy of those? So I, 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 I had, um, well, it was, so when I was working as an associate with yeah. an SI client, yeah. I, he, they, they, they were available to me. Yeah. Cause you know, I mean, there was content on there that was appropriate cause it was building yeah. me as a, yeah. an associate doctor. Good. But I mean, I didn't just like listen to it. Right. I like studied it yeah. and then I listened to it again and then I wrote notes down and I listened to it with my notes. And so, that sort of was the the method of attack, and it was entirely different than anything that I had heard 
with any of the consultants in dental school. And I, I was, I was saying it like just resonated at different levels, like faith and uh, you know, the debt and understanding money. There wasn't, there wasn't a clear in-depth conversation with any, any other person. So any other coach. No, I, I appreciate that. And I think, you know, that I, I don't know if you call it a more holistic approach to life, but I mean, listen, right. One of the things that well, I think we got to remind everybody that your business isn't your life and your life isn't your business, right? We're all humans. And I think a lot of what you're describing is about the quest to understand how to be a good human and and how to be financially successful at the same time. And, and you know, I don't think that's as easy as everyone makes it out to be, but I mean, you, know, you certainly got to try, right? I mean, that's what I, you know, yes. you got to put the well, work. Well, journey in. never ends. Yeah. There's a, there's a, right? It's just, a, you know, you go through some of the same material with a new lens. I mean, there are books, you, you Napoleon Hill, right? I got it right back here. Yeah. My my little, uh, right? So, you're, Think and Grow Rich. That's a classic that you, a well you keep going back to. Yeah. So, um, so, okay, so let's go back. So a couple of things, and I just want to make sure, you know, a lot of times what people never think about is how to take a certain skill and then parlay that skill into a new situation. So let me, I want to, I want to, I want to make an observation about you. So having worked with you for almost 10 years now, uh, one of the things, and, and to give you guys kind of a sense, like he said, I mean, he's basically in a startup practice, and he goes to our highest level of membership, which is probably at the time 60 grand a year, something like that, you know, right? And and so you join 5X, and now you're in our CEO group, and you've, you know, you've paid for private days to come visit with me. You've uh, You've taken up opportunities to go to things like generous givers. I guess where I got to meet your wife, really spend some time with her in a group at a conference about giving away money. Right. So, um, and then, you know, uh, so, so the question I have, so I noticed something about you that you're a meticulous note taker, right? So I noticed you, you use a binder, you use like a, uh, a pad, like you have a, you have a, a, a composition notebook yeah. stitched. Yeah. Right? yeah. And you, you basically will attend a workshop or an event and you will end up with 10, 12, 20 pages. And there are a lot of times you'll even come up to me and you'll bring what you, so you go from, you take the information, you know, into your ears or through your eyes, you bring it down, you take it in a pen and then you rewrite it. And then, you know, a lot of times you've come up to me and you said, hey, let me show you something. And, and, and you actually have really good handwriting too, right? No, I mean, seriously, like, so it's actually, like, I don't. So I'm always, cool. when I see somebody, I was like, wow, that looks great. And, um, and, and then you'll go, okay, I just want to make sure I got this right, right? So tell me about that. Tell me how you, so you're, how, I mean, you may have never thought about this, right? But walk me through that learning process, right? And you've said that several times. You're like, hey, I just map out the plan and then just follow the plan. And so do you have strong follow through? Is that one of your real strengths? It's seven, seven, two, three. So. Yeah. That's so, a real strength. Right. So, um, well, I mean, you know, the, the, the quest to get just get into dental school and get through dental school, that was strong follow through. I mean, there's a ton of obstacles and people and you know everyone else's opinion and we just kept the head down and, and get it done in terms of the note-taking i mean you know you go through something and then you you, you got to process it 
there, right. there's got to be a time to process and really understand the depth of what you're learning. Like, I mean, just for the, for, for instance, like the, 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 you know, the different, the different types, the four different types of debt. And right. you got to take time to fully understand what we're really talking about. Right. I mean, the capital investment, understanding return. So, so anyway, so you, you get down the notes, you process it, you do some, I, I like to do a little bit more Google searching, you know, try to seek out some additional information. I especially like to get the books, you know, when you're referencing yeah. a yeah. book, man, it's so important to go get that book. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, so I cheat. Well, but okay, but like, for, for people for people listening, they don't know what a 7723 is. So what he's referencing is a a tool we use in, in coaching our clients called the Colby. And so Jonathan's is that he requires, so you require a lot of information to function, which you just described, right? How you gather information. Then he has what you call great follow-through, which means that if he lays out a plan, He's probably going to follow it pretty, pretty uh, religiously, shall we say? Not that that's always the best way to. I've always wondered, like, when people use that word, if I think it's funny, right? <laughs> like religiously, as if everyone actually follows everything in a religion. Um, and then, and then, really, you're a low. You're really sort of averse to risk, right? Which is interesting. So you really have an aversion to risk, and many people listening would have the same profile as you but they would not have figured out how to play to their strength. See what I'm saying? What I was complimenting you on, that note-taking ability, that, that follow-through, that, those are your strengths. And, and that's why, you know, I noticed in, in, our, in our relationship, I mean, you're very good about asking the questions, but you're not that person who says, yeah, but I, I, I already tried that. You know what I'm saying? Like some people, they'd ask the question, but then they want to act like they actually tried it, which of course they actually didn't. So I think you do, you've done, I mean, how much do you think about that Colby and, and, and playing to your strengths and, or is that, is it becoming more innate? I I would say we've just, we've just, we've just struck the beginning of like the growth. I mean, 10 years is just the beginning. So um, you know, that is that is another strength of this program is learning about myself. So learning about human nature, understanding like a lot of the pitfalls that we all fall fall into, and then you know, creating sometimes, you know, and, and you do this for the clients, but you you know, just the coaching itself, but the different things that we have create sort of uh, what do they have in bowling? The bumpers, mm-hmm. right? The bumper lanes, so that you the guardrails, so that you stay on track. Because, but the Colby gives you know gives me power in knowing who I am and knowing who I'm not. Yeah, and my, maybe it's just as important to know who you're not. Definitely. And because uh, you need to hire people that can have qualities that you don't have. Yeah, you know. And so that was, I think, you know. Colby was used to learn how to communicate effectively with other people, but it's also good in understanding who those people are and, and what you're not and who you need. But we've done the Colby, the strength finder, the Brinkman, um, yep. and those require time and attention, but they've been great just in, in helping me to understand more about myself. Does your profile resonate with Dr. Soistman's love taking notes, asking questions, creating a plan and setting it into action? 
we invite you to spend one day out of your practice, working on your practice, to create a business growth plan and learn how to set it into motion to ensure you hit your goals. Scheduling Institute's Blueprint Days are specifically designed for growth-minded, coachable doctors who are seeking their next step in explosive personal and professional growth. Together, we'll forecast your growth using historical numbers and create a three-year personalized plan to get you where you want to go. You'll find out how well you're doing compared to your competition. You'll learn strategies to maximize your team and existing assets, and will align your exit strategy with your long-term goals and needs. Learn more at BlueprintDay.com or call 770-518-7575. So I want to get into the, to the, to the practice a little bit, but let, let me just ask you one more thing. And, and I think it is, can we... Can we talk about, so uh, Chrissy, your wife, and I was going through some notes and and I noticed that, you know, you, and I don't know if it was something that was in your story or somebody added to the story, but you had made the comment like, or something, something about the fact that, you know, Chrissy's always been very important in this process and very supportive. And can you just, can we touch on that a little bit? Because not every, you know, for a lot of people that are, listening to this that are married, you know, I think, or even not married, you know, we always have this, uh, I know, listen, I've been married for going on, you know, it's going to be 30 years pretty soon. And, you know, I think this issue of how the spouse is, you know, how, how your relationship with that spouse either helps or hurts the business and how we sometimes can perceive nagging you know, you could call nagging something, but really maybe it was exactly what you needed to hear, we needed to hear. So tell me how you, you know, and she's a very lovely, sweet, smart, talented person. So tell me a little bit about that, like for you, when you think about it, when you say, you know, she's been very helpful and, and supportive, give me a little bit of a, help me with how, how, you, how you look at that, if you don't mind. No, I would say she's she's been critical. I mean, the success isn't just mine. The success is actually ours. And, you know, that's always one of the questions I've always had for you. And at, at one point, at some point, if Deanne is ever going to come on and just describe that for the other wives, because uh, but but my wife personally ha- is critical to the success that we've had. And it started it started when we had. um Sorry, somebody's at the front door. Oh, you're door, fine. But, no, it okay. happens, man. Uh, so that's what so, happens when you're at home. They somebody always comes to the right. door. I'm surprised the blower's right. not blowing. That's usually what happens at my house. Like, what? <laughs> Go ahead. We actually, I think we got this really cool ping pong table being delivered. We went to we went to Jamaica <laughs> yeah. for my wife's 40th birthday recently, and uh, and we played some ping pong. We did a lot of stuff, but um, Jamaica's cool, by the way. Yeah, you're like, um, I need a table. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, so. So Chrissy, when we were um, when we were just starting out, and I told you how much debt we were in. We were both listening to that Financial Freedom DVD, and Chrissy became a Christian. Um, with, with you know, I started taking her to church when we were yeah. dating, and mom and all that. Anyway, we got through the DVDs, and she's like, "Look, like I used to fold this five dollar bill up." And, and put it in the offering plate. And I folded it up because it looked a little bit more or whatever. I don't know what I was doing just as student saying that. But And then I give it to the kids to, to, to hand in. So so it looked like, oh, we're, you know, but I don't know. But 
um, she said, we need to be giving 10% back now. And I had, I had started the, uh, the digit debt reduction yeah. system. And then I was on it every day on one of them composition notebooks. And I was like, I knew how much interest to the penny every single day. And I was playing these games and she was like, and when I looked at what we needed to give, I was like, geez, this is going to affect things. And that was probably the game changer. That was probably the game changer. It's awesome. So we, we started giving the 10% back and I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden my 257,000 was gone. And, uh, but, but there was more, there was more stuff. I mean, you know, she's come with me. Uh, you know, I've listened to some, like, I remember going to see you in Philadelphia. And so this was in early in, in our relationship. I, I was, you know, I was working as an associate and, uh, there was a lady that stood up and she was just saying all these negative things that her husband couldn't do. So she wasn't the practice owner. And I mean, you just had a, you, you, you had a battle with this woman. And, um, and I just thought to myself then that my wife was completely different from what we were, what I was seeing happen there. And I wonder how, how many other relationships that happens in my wife has been supportive and we've given We've given SI way less than what they've given to us. I can tell you that. And we've given SI a lot. Um, and my wife every year is like, nope, you know what we need to do? We need to do more. Yeah. You know, we need to have another private day with Jay. Yeah. This time I will pretend. Or, yeah. you know, um, we need to. So my wife has been from the very beginning and from the, 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 the demand, the demand mm. to give 10% back, um, has been critical. Yeah. Well, and isn't that interesting that in, and even in your story, you were the churched one. She wasn't, she hears that. And then she encourages you, which is really kind of, that's really great. That's a great, right. It's like, I love it. I know. It. I know. It. It's, it's, it's awesome. And so, it was fun. And just to give you guys a little perspective, um, for many years, I've been involved with a group called Generous Givers, which is a uh, someone had suggested to me, and I went. And so for many years, I would offer to clients, I would say, listen, if you're willing to go, you know, I'll pay for your ticket. And, uh, and, and one year, I remember, you know, we have a table, and it's you and me and your uh, your wife and 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 Moises I thought you know Moises was there right Moises and his wife and Patty and her husband the people who do our mission trips and you know we got to spend two days sitting there listening to very generous business people right and so what did you when you think back about that experience um now that's probably been at least six or seven years right right I don't know exactly yeah, it's been long but do you think yeah. that that I mean, it's really funny. I, I, I'd be curious, like, and that's, you know, that's taking your own time and your own money. And we weren't talking about dentistry, right? <laughs> it wasn't right. about staff, right? <laughs> it was about being generous, right? And so when you kind of, what, 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 obviously you just told the story of incredible generosity, a person basically saying, look, we need to give 10% even though we have debt, right? I mean, so right. clearly that resonated, but... Anything else about that, you know, kind of looking back now going, well, how impactful did that experience end up really being in terms of this desire to literally be more generous as a person? Well, I mean, it fit right in line with my goals from the very beginning. I mean, I wanted to be able to impact a community. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about giving, 
how much money can you give away when you have none? Right. You can't give there. You can't give anyway. So, so um, what generous givers did for me, I mean, I still, there is a wealth of knowledge to unpack. I came away with mm-hmm. some really cool materials. The founder of that, mm-hmm. the founder of that had a, a, a life mission statement yeah. that was brilliant, dedicating his every being to the good of others and, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, it, it, it just, uh, it allowed me to see the creativity and um, the, the creativity and the, you know, the level of impact. I mean, you've mm-hmm. you've impacted a lot on some really, really big levels. And some of these other people have even done more than that at, mm-hmm. at this meeting. I mean, yeah. and a lot of and a lot of people have done a lot less. Yeah. But just seeing everyone come together and learn from each other and and just have that that heart of generosity was uplifting and motivating. But I think that whole that whole desire is also um, part of those bumpers, like the bumper lanes mm-hmm. that keeps you moving in the right direction because the generosity is critical for the condition of the heart. Yeah. Um, because without that, you're closing yourself off to so much. So right? let, me, let me ask you this. You know, one of the things that, and I think that, you know, so many people like you said, have a reason why they can't be generous. And, and, you know, so the concept of generosity that is taught is that generosity starts at home. So for all of you listening, if you think about this, you know, if you, if you think about Jonathan's story, and so Jonathan's in the middle, and then Chrissy, and then his family, and then his team, and then, you know, you kind of go out to the community level or whatever, whatever you want to call that. Um, you know, I, what what what's fun to watch like and to watch you and I and you asked me this a lot, but is generosity starts at home, and so that means and you describe this with your parents right being working class people but yet still putting you on that horse you know what I'm saying paying for that horse lesson, uh, paying for right I mean they're kind of funny when you think back about yeah. it and and you know I, it's funny how people will sometimes people say well you know well. There's a you know, generosity starts at home. It, you know, if you're a parent and your first form of generosity is exposing your kids to lots of things so that they can become more worldly or, you know, and I, I always think it's funny. It's like, or if a kid had a problem, you know, would you hire the best therapist or the best medical doctor? This is where generosity actually starts, right? And so for everyone listening, I just want to remind you that, you know, when you, when you can't even be generous with your own family, I mean, think about it. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't want to use the word pathetic, but, but I mean, it's kind of sucks, right? If you think about it, like I can't even be generous with my own family. That's, you know, that's compromise. And then, then you move to generosity with your team. And so talk to me about that, because what you're describing, you know, even when you talk about being coached, what you're saying is you're affording your team the opportunity to be exposed to things that are, that cost money, but right, I mean, talk to me about right. kind of how you see that, right? And so number one, you know, when you think about buying coaching, even for yourself, you're being generous to yourself. I mean, you've been a client for almost 10 years. I mean, I, I 
it's so funny. Like people will think like, oh gosh, they just want to get my money. You know, it's like, no, that's not really what the goal is, right? The goal is about you taking care of yourself, right? And I'm just part of that. I'm just a conduit to do that, right? Like, yeah. And then take care of your team and then take care of your family. So talk to me about how much you've grown in, you know, in, in just understanding that concept. And basically it sounds like that's, that's really what your wife is also encouraging you, right? It's like, no, do more, right. do more, do more. And I think people sometimes go, I think people reach a point and they say, I've done enough, right? So like after 10 years, it'd be very easy to say, well, I've done enough with my team, you know, <laughs> now I'm just going to coast. And, and I think that that's what, that's an incorrect uh, uh, thing. Every successful client I have says that their friends say, why do you keep going to that, right? I mean, this is so funny. It's like, well, that's a great piece of, you know, because they just don't get the concept. Well, I mean, and you could do a study on the number of people that have stopped and then what their life looks like after they stop. And you know that there's a direct consequence of not getting the coaching. So that would yeah. kind of be a cool study. But but I, I would say that, you know, in terms of the in terms of the giving and, um, you know, the the constantly upping the game for the staff, for the patients, understanding value, um, you know, it. it Thinking about other people, matter of fact, thinking about myself and how I used to think, um, it's directly opposite of how I used to think, I think now. Yeah. That is that, you know, I mean, you want to tighten up the reins, you want to, you want to, you know, I can't afford that or, you know, or I don't want to do that for people. You know, even now with the team, I'll tell you, you know, and I'm sure a lot, a lot of doctors go through this, you give something to your team that is a lot in your mind is a lot and they appreciate it. And then you come back and then all of a sudden you feel like your team's underperforming. Mm -hmm. And I wonder like, is there resentment that sets in? But for me, you know, it's interesting that I have grown through my coaching from you. I've grown to a level where, you know, you've come to the realization that it's not about you. Yeah. It's not about you. And so, you know, my, you know, even though that my, my team does get some of the, co gets a lot of good coaching. We just had a great, by the way, we just had a great, uh, 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 session. Um, we're doing the, the hygiene boot camp after 10 years, probably should have yeah. done it like six, eight years ago. Okay. Um, we are doing the hygiene boot camp. had a fantastic session. Team's completely motivated, you know, but if they don't, if they don't come back and perform absolutely everything, guess what? That's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're, we're going to do it again and, and, and so forth. But the other thing I'll say, aside from the team and, and regardless of the performance, keep, keep doubling down is that, you know, I had a, I had a letter that came across my desk yesterday at one of the local high schools, they're starting a clay shooting team, mm. right? And they're, they're seeking money. So the the guy that's starting this, you can see the way the letter was written. That you know they're 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 trying to be as politically correct as possible, and and and, and they're trying to avoid any kind of um, whatever someone might say uh, about shooting and guns. Yeah. And the guy had his number on there, and I texted him, and I said, "Look, you know, you, there was levels of sponsors, and you know, I always like to be the highest level. I probably I get that from you, no doubt, but." <laughs> Um, you that's know, true. that's so, your competitive nature, man. That's, that's okay. true. That is my number you're one. You're going to be competitive with anything. You might as well try it with generosity. It's probably the best place to exercise it. So, so I sent this guy a text. He had his he had his phone number on there. I don't know who he was, but I think he knows who I am because of the way he responded. But 
I just said, hey, look, you know, we'll I'm I'm committing to the highest level of of sponsorship, you know, super, super happy and proud that you're putting this together for these kids. And I'm hoping that you have a great season. I said, if you need any more monetary support, let me know. I'm here. And that's a cool thing to be able to do. You know, I mean, it's it's a blessing to, to do that. So what kind of a response did you get back? I was, he said something like, hey, Doc, thank you so much. Really need to uh, – thanks for the yeah. support and, uh, you know, yeah. something like excited, that. excited, right? Yeah, he was really excited and appreciative. And um, so – and then the kids, you know, you know, I, st- I started at the beginning of this session saying that, you know, I, you know, my, my desire for dentistry and, and this whole quest – and you've taken me on a whole other thing that now this will go on – probably for the rest of my, it will go on for the rest of my life. But, um, I wanted to, to break my family out of something. I, I wanted, I wanted to him to have more knowledge in, in terms of being able to impact and to, to, to just have a, you know, it, it's not, it's never easier, but just to have something better. Yeah. And, you know, the kids see that they see yeah. that generosity. I see them generous at school. Yeah. Um, I get the feedback from the teachers, you know, they, awesome. they might act like hellions here under my roof, but we get good feedback from other people. Yeah. So. So, That's yeah. Awesome. So the generosity is um, the, the the way that it's playing out in every area is just from one year to the next. It seems to get bigger and better. And you're also getting what you need, right? So it's not like you're necessarily, we're not talking about, you know, when, when you when you talk about, you know, generosity, it's so interesting, right? It's like, you know, some I think people go to this level of this intense sacrifice, but the truth is, right, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but and we'll get into this progression of your practice, but you're getting everything you need. Does that make sense? You You got, you're getting... You, you have the ability to buy a nice house on the water. You have an ability to buy a boat. It's not like you're, it's not like you're being deprived, right? I mean, this is the part know, that's, but the, this the is the part that's is, so I'm cool not, about it. Yeah. I'm not chasing the dollar. Right. I'm not chasing the dollar. The right. dollar is flowing yes. to me. I'm open to it. And uh, that's what I was talking about, the protection of the heart. I mean, so, you know, we're more interested, like the whole concept, it's not about you. And the the idea about creating better better things for other people increasing the value of the relationship of all the relationships and so and yeah and I, and I think that's the interesting look you know i mean it's so sad that here you have this profession where you can change the way someone looks you can you know it's such a powerful thing what can be done with dentistry right and and obviously, you know, how important it is to the health of the individual and how many doctors get on this very righteous, you know, clinical soapboxy, I'm better than this person. And, you know, they must be doing something terrible. And here we, we haven't talked a lot about dentistry. We're talking about generosity and we're talking about serving the patients. And that's it. What he's describing is the switch you want to make, right? And, and, and it's about understanding this business is about the people. And this business is about, it is about over-delivering to them. This is a profession where you can over-deliver to these patients and they'll take really good care of you, right? And we're not sitting here talking about how, you know, look, the clinical work has to be good, Right. But the realization that it's so many of these other things that truly, truly make the patient feel warm and special and part of a, you know, part of that practice. Right. I mean, it's 
absolutely. I mean, it, it, so the, the dentistry part, um, I mean, yeah, it's kind of interesting, you know, going from that transition of like seeking how much CE can I get, you know, how much more can I understand about doing root canals, not to downplay the necessity right. of right. understanding the process of endodontics, but to say that, you know, I remember, I'll share this. I, I remember when I did, so I did a residency after dental school and it was part-time. That was part of the thing that I kind of created that had not been done before and where I was in private practice part-time and school part-time yeah. and I got to learn what I didn't know. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I treated this 86-year-old woman. Her name happened to be Mary Jane and <laughs> she had outlived six of her children. She had one daughter living with her. And she said, my daughter thinks she's my mother. And this 86-year-old woman came to me and said, black woman came to me and said, I just want to chew steak. So anyway, ended up giving her what she wanted, right? And, you know, treated the patient. And uh, they asked me to present this case to the whole school. And so, you know, I, I, I really did, you know, what we're supposed to do, rolling out all the stuff. And, but the, 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 the main thing to me was the story behind the patient. Mm. I mean, and this woman was over the top crying, hugging me, just thanking me. And I remember presenting this dialogue uh, or presenting this case to the, you know, when it was all oral surgery residents, it was all the residents. And I was just a lowly, uh, you know, AGD resident. So, you know, general dentistry resident. And uh, they end up fighting about cells. Like that had nothing to do with anything, right? They were, right the the right. periodontist and the, and, the, and the oral surgeons were arguing with each other about some kind of cell types, whatever, you know, and this is better or whatever. The woman had successful implants and a prosthesis and was able to chew steak. And that was her objective, you know, and, and the prognosis was good, meaning that it was likely that that prosthesis would last a yes. long time. Yes. It's, it's just amazing how people do get carried away that's on the great, wrong thing. That's a great story, right? Almost like what she wants is irrelevant, but, you know, my desire for perfection, right, or whatever, right? I love that. It's a great right. example. And so that's what you taught us. You, you yeah. taught us as a team to, to, to it's patient-centric, right? That's, 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 our, that's part of the... Yes. Uh, impact diagrams, being patient centric. And, you know, when we do that, the loyalty that follows, the value that the patient has supersedes a whole lot. Um, I mean, think about so, that. At your, you know, at a certain age, right? If you say, hey, I want to spend $20,000, $25,000 to shoot, choose steak, why should you be getting in my way, right? It's like, let me have what I want, right? And I'm going to be happy. We all have weird motives, right? Don't judge them. I love that. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the progression. So, you know, a lot of people. So you let me take you back. Right. So you you love the story about the journey. I think it's fan, It's awesome. All the little elements of it. And so you you buy this practice, you you end up. Right. So what about the debt on the practice? That was the you had the student loan. Oh, so that was cool. a house. And yeah, tell me about the practice purchase. Well, so, I mean, and, and that was, you know, I was very thankful to you that I had what, listened to that Financial Freedom DVD. I knew that real estate supercharged the business. You yeah. taught me that. Yeah. And so there was no way I was buying a practice that didn't have a piece of, piece of you know, Land. piece of uh, okay. real estate with it. So, so I was able to, to, and it was a big chunk. I was already so much in debt. I'm about to take on another million debt. My, my little son was just born. 
Um, we hadn't had an income for over a month. And I just knew how to do dentistry okay, um, you know, and uh, and so and I and I had some knowledge. So so so, yeah, so we, we took on uh, an eight, you know, I, I spent like eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the real estate and the practice. Mm-hmm. Like the, the practice was valued around four hundred and fifty. They didn't have a a true valuation, by the way, like, of course like not. we did. Of course not. But, but, you know, here's the thing that I thought for $450,000, I don't care about the 450. It was an opportunity. And I saw it totally. like, and I saw yeah. that this guy wasn't doing some things. And I, and he was, he was a great guy. He was a, he was a former Navy dentist and a uh, brilliant man cared about his patients, you know, had that military type of personality. But, um, so I, I was taken over for a good guy, but, uh, but but there's a lot of things that weren't getting done. So so we were able to come in and all of the things that happened happened. So like when I went so like staff that, you know, and I remember I remember the first thing. So this guy from aside, he said, look, this lead assistant, she's going to be your right hand person. Mm. And within the first week, she comes to me and says, Dr. Soisman, she says, I've got I've got a great idea. We should. I really think because we were busy. She was yeah. like, I think we ought to stop seeing new patients. And I was like, wow. Goodness. And I had already learned so much. And I was like, I know this person's not going to be with me. Mm. And she wasn't with me very much longer. So, um, but, but yeah, we were able to, it was, it was daunting, but we were able to come in and transform the practice. I started out with a PowerPoint. I remember asking the staff, like, what it was that they wanted that they weren't getting. Mm. Like, what is it that you want, you know? Um, what is it about this practice that could be better, that you thought that could make this practice better? And so, and I, and then, you know, I listened to them and, and I just remember rolling out saying, look, I've had this tremendous experience with a coach that you guys are going to meet here soon and we're going to, this is what we're going to do. And they were on board and, That's awesome. you know, a lot, a lot of these people were resistant, but, but they were resistant before they met the trainers and met the scheduling institute and understood what we were doing. But, um, most of them came right on board and the ones that, that didn't fell off. And you know what I've learned in, in 10 years is that it's okay that, that people change and, and the same people that are here today may not be here tomorrow, but there'll be some new people coming in. Like I just, you know, we just built this 14 chair uh, practice. I just uh, bought a new place and the people will come. If you don't have the place, there's nowhere for them to go. (laughs) They can't come. So, so it's, it's been good. All right. So a couple, a couple things um, that you bring up and number one, it's funny. I, I went to, get my teeth clean the other day and I walk into a client of ours, a long-term client. And, and so the hygienist introduced herself and she's like, Jay, can I tell you something? And I was like, well, sure. She goes, I have to be honest. We have had so much fun. You know, I'm new here. I've been here a year and a half. It's been so much fun, but she goes, I have to confess something to you. And I said, well, okay. You know, do you need me to, do we need to go into a confessional or what? You know, I was joking with her and I'm sitting there with my glasses on or whatever. And she goes, well, I just need to tell you something. For some reason, I really thought bad things about the scheduling institute. And I was like, 
why? She goes, I'm not sure. <laughs> I was like, okay. I think we, it's kind of like, you know what I think is so great? And, and, but she's like, but after I've learned, I've really enjoyed it, you know? So, I, I mean, I think it's funny. And, and I think what's so crazy about every dentist in America is that they forget how many people talk exactly like that about them. So I don't want to go to the dentist. The dentist is scary. I mean, you guys are not treating 100% of the population, right? So it's so funny how, and then I just love when, when people can be so judgmental about something they know nothing about, right? And it's all fear-based. And the fear is, like you just described, that the fear is that you're going to make me do something that's bad for me, right? Isn't that funny? I mean, like out of curiosity, in 10 years, I mean, I've given you a, a... a boatload of advice, right? In 10 years, has any, I mean, just curious, has anything ever turned out to hurt or harm you in any way or the people around you, right? You know, I'm just like, not, not in the slightest. And, <laughs> that's, and listen, that's what's funny, you, you know, it's like, whoa. I, I paid $50,000. There is no one right. in my life that right. I can tell that to, yeah. that I paid a coach $50,000 to spend seven hours of coaching. That would not look at me like I was, crazy. And that first coaching session created, I mean, just a flywheel of so much that's, that's, I mean, that you can't even put a price tag on, right? Right. Like the house that I'm sitting in and the things that happened from that, that conversation, like the, the experiences and the, the, it's just, you know, so, so yeah, it's funny. Well, and, and I and I really want to make sure everyone understands this. It's easy to sit and say, you know, that about me. You know, it's easy to go like, well, and, you know, you described it, you know, and people like to try to lump me in with all these other people. And I'm like, whoa, 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 you don't get to do that, man. You know, like, don't do that. And you and you made that separation early in this. And you're like, listen, I listen to these people and then and it's different. And, you know, what what I've learned about working with doctors is their greatest fear is that you're going to come in and you're going to somehow teach, you know, you're going to change their philosophy. Right. And it's really not about changing a philosophy. It's about it's about what should the really the overriding philosophy be. And listen, for everybody listening, you guys got to remember that you got no one out to get you. It's self-sabotage. Right. So and, and self-sabotage a lot of times comes even in. You know, it comes when you're in your worst point of thinking you can't afford something or thinking you can't do something. And then at the high point, when you start to feel like you're the biggest shot in town, you know, you're, you're a big deal. Now, all of a sudden we have ego and then we have, you know, you start complacency sets in and we start dropping off on things that got us to where we are. So, um, you know, I, I think this conversation has put, you know, there's a lot of context in this conversation that you guys listening could take and and flush out and, and realize that what he's, you know, sharing with you. So let's talk about the start. So you're, you're according to my calculations, all of a sudden you're a million and a half bucks in debt and, and bam, there you go. Open this bad boy up. You had already hired us, which I, I actually didn't know that. I didn't know you had, I mean, I just hadn't. Really... I heard you before I, 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 we, we executed. So the doctor had signed the contract. I had not, yeah. but I signed a contract with you. Yeah, I love it. For a guy with no yeah. risk tolerance, I think that's pretty impressive, right? <laughs> right? But you wanted a plan, right? You knew. You were like, hey, because right. really what you were doing in a way, wasn't it true that you had you had listened to enough of my stuff, you had seen it in action, you're like, I can trust this. Without, I mean, well, you I'm really sure. think about what that was, was that was a, you were basically trusting me as a partner in this with you, and and, you know, 
And I think that's because that's your profile. Your profile is, hey, if I got someone helping me tell me what to do, I can follow through with it, right? Absolutely. I don't know how much yeah. you yeah, I mean, and I, I guess I left out that the the blueprint, um, the blueprint for the independent dentist, is that yeah. the first book that you wrote? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That book is is that book was probably was also just as critical to anything. That was critical okay. for me in understanding the numbers. That that book is yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, that allowed me to structure. So, you know, we know that we have systems and processes and those things create consistency in any organization. Well, this book is filled with with the opportunity to understand the numbers, math. Yeah. And I, I, I suck at math. That's I'm awesome. not good at math. Um, well, but, let's talk about some math. So the first year you have that practice, right? So when you bought that, I've got a note that it was doing around 300,000 a year. Is that right? Yeah. Right. So you, it was. you, you, and there was a lot of things not getting done properly in terms of the collections of the money. There's a lot of free work being done. Um, and the the lead assistant said maybe you shouldn't take any more new patients. You were getting 130 new patients. I'm showing something like this: 130 new oh, patients. This is roughly 300 plus thousand. And her idea is we should stop taking new patients. That's right. No, yeah, we we weren't getting 130. That's what that's what we grew to. Okay. We, I mean, at the start, we were uh, I say we were getting somewhere between seven and 15. Yeah. At best. Okay. You know, I mean, it was a practice that even though it was open five days a week, it had just had slowed down. Um, yeah. And, and so we were getting seven to 15 and she thought that we should stop seeing new patients. Well, so. and so from 15 to 16, you 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 push that practice over the two million dollar mark basically in a year, 18 months. Right. I mean, what? Correct. That had to yeah, be. I think it was two point two million. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty cool because you don't know you don't know what you don't know, and you know, faith is developed through, um, you know, you, you know, your faith is strengthened when you have these things happen. So, um, but that's so yeah, I, mean, I mean, but that's kind of a little like I, I mean, right? I think if anyone said, well, I mean, I, I think that you know, just just sit and digest that for a second, right? That literally, and I mean, I have clients who, and there'll be people listening to this. They've owned practices for twenty, twenty five years, and they can barely crest over that million dollar mark. And you basically, you know, there's a theory that I love, which is the leapfrog theory, right? There's the climb the ladder theory. There's the leapfrog theory. That's a leap, right? When you go and you buy a practice doing. Three hundred thousand dollars, and in less than a year, you turn it into a two-plus million-dollar practice. That's incredible. So you told me three things, right? You told me three things in growing a business. One was to increase the number of new patients. Right. Two was the frequency, mm -hmm. and three was the the, the services increasing the. Right. So so those three things allowed me to introduce some processes to my my team in terms of. Like people were coming in for emergencies. Well, they didn't get treated. Well, we started mm, treating the patients mm. that came in. They're in pain. Why wouldn't you treat somebody? Yeah. It's not about the money. The guys are, the people are in pain. Um, they're coming to you to get them out of pain. So, um, you know, and it's interesting. I, I'm a dentist that does everything. Uh, and I'm not driven to do that because of money. I'm driven to do that because patients value you taking care of them. Like mm -hmm. if they come in and they're in pain and you give them ibuprofen and send them to somebody else, there's a different level of respect for them coming in and you being able to take care of them. So I enjoy helping people like that. 
But we were able to take those three things that you taught me and like, be able to really implement specific, uh, specific practice-based things that just naturally increased the value for patients and then the money followed. And yeah, so we went from, we went to 2.2 million after that first year. And, uh, and then basically just a couple of years to get over three, a couple more years right. to get over the four. You're right at, you're going to probably push over that five mark, if not right with this new office. So, right. I mean, what, when right. you look at these numbers and I, and I don't want to necessarily share any numbers that you don't want to share with people, but when, when you look at your progression, you know, I'm just, I'm looking at something that's just showing, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, coming to 22 and, you know, there's that huge jump. And then, and again, let's go to the current day, right? You've just opened up a new practice. So how many total operatories will, will you be uh, running in, you know, let's say this year, right? What will the total number be? So by the end, of, so right now, currently, as it stands, we have 14. Okay. So we've got nine, nine and one, uh, six and another. And then, um, so we got 15 chairs. So we've got, um, we've got 14 total plums. So really, technically, uh, we'll have, and if I included the four in the other practice, I could have 24 chairs total. But by the end of this year, I will have 20 chairs yeah. being run. Good. Yeah. And how many chairs were, when you walked into that office, how many chairs were operating? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of funny. There were only five chairs, and this guy had a huge office. And that's another thing you told me. You're like, why does the doctor need to sit in an office? And that was the first thing. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. I spent all this time thinking I was going to gain this prestige. Like that was part of it. I, I, you know, the ego. We all have it, and and you know, the whole it's not about you checks that 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 ego, but. Um, yeah, this guy had a huge office and, you know, you naturally want to gravitate to that. That was the, one of the first things I did was I got rid of that office and put a chair in. And so wow. we took it from five to six and that was 35,000, 37,000 a month times 12. And that mm -hmm. was the added income. So that was part of it. Well, and one of the cool concepts for everybody listening, and I, I know Jonathan's in his office in his house, but is to... Is to, I love that you're saying that. You're realizing that, like, man, I thought, well, I was going to have a practice with my name on it, and I'd have a great office in there, and look, I've arrived. And and the concept that is so true is, like, when you're if you're going to be serving the patients, man, the last thing you need is a comfy spot to be hiding out in, right? You need to be, you know, and, and, and so the concept is, hey, build an office at home, right? I mean, and, you know, it's funny. If you ever look at a nice house, you're going to find there's always one thing in that house, right? There's a study. I mean, like it's like the epicenter, right? It's like if you think now about how that place is kind of the epicenter, right, for you as a person, right? Like you probably like, right, that having a beautiful like study type thing at home allows you to – so that's the concept, right? So instead of having it inside the office, right, so um, – I mean, the concept, it really frees me up. I mean, I mean, all the stuff that, that, yeah. that you've taught me over the years in terms of what I do, my morning routine here, yeah. you know, shuffling around the numbers, you know, actually it's intentional movement of yeah. money right. in the morning and, and, and a host of different things. But yeah, I mean, I've got these anchors up. I've got like, yeah. like oil paintings, like actual oil paintings from some really good artists that are hanging on my wall that represent different things. Like I got a storm sitting over here. 
You know, it's yeah. cool. That's the first thing I see when I come in my office is the storm and then this like this uh, this uh, still um, it's a harbor. Right. So the, the boats are in the harbor. Yeah. And there's a storm. And yeah, it's cool to come into your office because yeah. we're getting down to business. We're making some, there's always a storm coming. Yeah. Right. There's always a storm coming. You want to prepare for that. And actually, the, the one the other one sitting in front of me is uh, guys like um they're they're making the deer heads. They're doing that preservation stuff. So that that thing tells me about preservation, preserve right. the good things. That's awesome. Anyway, so yeah, having this command center, this office at home, frees me up to do what I need to do here. And then when I go to the office, it's all about serving, right? right? So serving the patients, serving the team. Yeah, yeah, the guy you bought the practice from, what he was doing is he was walking into that office and. And the patients were probably having to pull him out because as time goes on, you know, it's like he's probably he was probably handling his personal affairs in that office. He, you know, it's it's just interesting. So for any of you listening, like go look at your office, man. I mean, I and a lot of these offices are what I would call depression chambers. You know, in other words, if you if you create an office and all of a sudden it just becomes this place for work to build up and stress to get created. You know, we you could just get rid of that, right? So, anyways, not to get overly. Some of them are like, "Why are you guys talking about the office?" But, all right. So, what is the? Uh, how are you feeling about? You know, we'll get toward wrapping this up. And thank you so much for taking the time. I think this has been very inspirational for people. So, um, in basically what amounts to less than ten years, right? Less than ten years. Um, you've more than, you know, taken that thing 10 times, right? So you've, if you take the 320, you roll it out, right? I mean, that would be, you know, and, and your, my assumption is that over this year, you'll do over 5 million. Um, so congratulations. And, uh, and so when you, when you think about that, right, let's, so let's give an update on how, on that debt, like how you, were you able to pay most of that off? Were you able to, what did you discover by actually, and, and, and what did you learn over this period of time relative to, right? Without sharing numbers, but like when you stop and you think, okay, I started. So again, you got a million for, you signed up for all the debts. You got this, you buy this guy's practice. You walk in there, it's doing obviously the first year, right? You're getting coached. You're, you end up shooting over two million bucks. I mean, and then so here, here you've you know fast forward when you think about what the position is going to be a total of ten years after that. What give them a little glimpse into what the difference is. I'm assuming you so, weren't. I'm assuming you didn't even have an office in your old house. No, I, I actually. <laughs> It, it was a, it was a good scene though. I mean, it was a post and beam house. It was a foreclosure. I did everything. I mean, so there was like, it was really cool. And I had this, this guy that was a patient from dental school that was a retired real estate agent. It's a whole nother story, but he took the whole time to explain some really cool concepts about real estate and helped me to get this particular house. And he told me what to do and anyway. So no, I did not have an office. I was sitting at like a, a table that was a nice oak table that I got off of like Craigslist, yeah. um, you know, and, you know, with my, with my, I guess it was a mobile command center. Cause I, but anyway, I sat at the dining room table and I just had that little composition notebook and I hashed out all the debts. I, I remember writing out like 26 different loans that I had and all of the different interests and all the math that it took me to figure out, the I wanted to know the interest down to the penny, and it was a lot. I was paying like fifty some dollars a day in interest, and I'm like, you know what? 
I'm going to pay the interest every single day. So I started paying the interest off. But I mean, the debt, that that debt, and I'm probably not the, I'm, I'm good at paying off debt, but there is a balance and you'll, you, you'll know this. And when people yeah. come to get coached by you, you'll teach them this, but you can deleverage sometimes too hard. And if you yeah. deleverage too hard, that may inhibit you from yeah. having productivity. So, so I got these loans. So when I got my first, I'll start with when I got the student loan paid off and not to burst anyone's bubble, but all I got was like this pixelated. So I got an email and there was this pixelated confetti that fell down and it just said, congratulations. I had spent all this time like getting up like at four o'clock in the morning, 3.30, four o'clock in the morning, doing this work, paying this stuff off daily. I was paying daily. And uh, all I got was a congratulations, not like, and I am thankful to the United States taxpayer for giving me the opportunity to go to school, by the way. So that's why that was my first thing when I got out of school that I wanted to pay off because I owed that. And so I did that. But that's all you get is a little congratulations email. Um, and then I will say in terms of paying off debt, we stopped creating debt. Mm -hmm. As soon as you taught me about depreciating assets, like that column, there was nothing. Like we got the credit cards paid off and we were never going back there. We'll never go back there again. Um, and so it's only the commercial real estate, mm -hmm. capital investment, you know, and, and even maybe residential. But, you know, um, so a totally different position today than I was then. Yeah. Like if you think about without revealing numbers, when you and, and obviously we teach a model around net worth, right? Your net worth has gone up dramatically oh in this period yeah, of time. It, right? It's 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 incredible. I mean, and I'm, you know. Yes, it has gone up. It's it's crazy. So I but it, the cool the cool part of the story is, you know, with with the debt, I became debt free early with that practice. I had paid off the practice, I had paid off the building and complacent I could feel complacency mm -hmm. wanting to set in. I, I I could feel the the all right, you know, I had a cancellation here. Let's move these people up. I'm getting out early on Friday. You know, I, that was happening to me. And I had another doctor working with me at the time. She still is. And I love working with her. And uh, and so I had to do something to, you know, to, to, to kick myself in the butt. And so that's when I bought the second practice. Yeah. And then I created another thing of debt. And I mean, that that got me out of that complacency so quick. And so and, and not that I, I had yeah. developed a lot of complacency, but it's kind of cool knowing that. That's the process. It's like yeah. knowing when it's coming and then the timing of doing the thing that's going to cause you to do the right things. And you teach that. I got that from you. And that's why I keep coming back is because you got to be reminded. You yeah. need someone like pouring that into you. Otherwise, Because I tell you what, there is no one else in my life that's telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. All your so, dental your local dental friends are like. You know, so it's funny. It's like not a very motivating conversation when, you know, when you guys get, you know, right. There's not, I mean, how many people in your town, you know, dentists in your local area are doing over 5 million. You can have a meaningful conversation with it. Doesn't, you know, it's going to be somebody, you know, trying to ask you to copy your stuff or it's going to be someone, you know, so it is, it is a fascinating, I, you know, I, I think everyone should take inventory of, you know, they call it their reference group and, 
And I would tell everybody, you know, we've all heard the thing like, you know, t- you know, let me see your be- your five best friends, and I'll, you know, kind of you're going to end up being the average of them. And and I do think a lot of people really misunderstand that, and that they they continue to be in relationship or influenced by people that have no no positive intent in their life, right? No no real no desire to move them, you know, past what they're doing. And and I do think that's a that's a great observation. Hey, listen, thank you so much for taking time. I know that, you know, we do this podcast to try to inspire people and, and, and I think giving them real stories. So, hey, thanks so much for just being so transparent about this and, and, and sharing some of these pieces. Um, uh, well, I got I got to thank you. I mean, it's only been eight years, yeah. Jay, and, you know, our relationship's just getting started. And, and I appreciate everything that you've shared with me. And and actually the the team of people that 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 are attracted to you that that uh that continually come back. Those are the people that I so much enjoy being around that, you know, so it's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. So what do you think the, uh, what do you think the major difference is of someone looking outside at this work versus what you discover inside the work? Like, so when, as a, as a, as a client of ours, as a customer of ours, uh, what do you think the, uh, help me with what you what 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 you think people Other, in the, the perception outside yeah, like yeah, people yeah, that aren't yeah, inside yeah. perceive yeah yeah you know I mean the world is screaming some really weird things right now yeah, yeah. so outside of our group you've got to be listening to somebody and you're listening yeah. to what the world's saying you're listening to all the wrong people you know I you know and, and who do who did I listen to I mean I was listening I, it's kind of funny too how we go to the people that'll give us the answer that we want. Totally. Even if it's the wrong answer. Um, so it's funny how that, that whole system works. So I, I think that there's a, there's a, there's the perceived Jay and then there's the real Jay. I was reading that in Bob Layler's uh, forward in this book. Actually that little, that forward is fantastic. Bob did a great job in that. But I, I would say that the, 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 per, the perception is, is that, that you know that it's i guess people just you know they they think they can't do it or they they're stuck they're stuck in their own head they they're stuck with their own limitations and they they haven't realized yet in life that they really have there's no boundaries yeah. like they have the ability to to reach a potential that they couldn't even that they can't even imagine it's kind of like you had me buy these magazines or you recommended that we I mean, I'm not a very creative person, but I, I subscribe to like travel and leisure and these things. And yeah. like there is a potential that's coming out of me by just looking at images. Mm-hmm. And so, so awesome. I just think that people <laughs> get stuck. There, it's an inability to understand that they have a potential that hasn't even been tapped into. And so, yeah, that's the it. problem. Well, I appreciate that. Hey, listen, thank, thank you so much and uh, have a, uh, a fantastic day. We'll talk soon. Bye. All right, Jay. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Dr. Soistman, like many of Scheduling Institute's members, and probably you, was introduced to Jay via listening to his content, either on the podcast, through his practice building series, or at one of his live events. Now, it's one thing to sit at home, in your car, or on a plane, absorbing knowledge through a pair of headphones. But nothing compares to being live in person with tens, hundreds, and sometimes thousands of like-minded doctors and team members at one of Jay's live events. Attending live adds another level of commitment to implementing what you learn. 
getting questions answered on the spot, and networking with other growth-minded doctors. This summer, Jay will host his annual Practice Growth Summit, where we'll welcome over 1,500 doctors and team members from around the world who will gather for two full days in Las Vegas to learn from industry experts and business leaders in one of the most engaging atmospheres we could create, and no one is capable of recreating. Bringing to the stage, Heisman Trophy winner, Tim Tebow, celebrity dentist and inventor of Zoom whitening, Dr. Bill Dorfman, NFL superstar, primetime, Deion Sanders, host of the hit show, The Doctors, Travis Stork, and several others. Join Jay in his all-star lineup, live in Las Vegas, this June 15th through the 16th at Caesars Palace. Learn more by calling 770-518-7575.